All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Daily Faceoff podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Face-off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Seguin. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season number three, episode seven of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Seguin, with me as always, well, most of the time anyways, Michael Biebs. Bondi, how's it going, Biebs? It's going good. I miss like two shows and just people don't forget, but <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You know, it wasn't even really a direct dig at you. It was just a dig at yeah, both of you. Guy, guy leaves us waiting for two days to record a podcast, and he just throws that dig. Sometimes B- D misses us as well. So Dylan D. Berthium also with us uh, most of the time. D, how's it going, bud? Uh, not doing that great, Brock. I'm not going to lie. Uh, me and the roommate, we got a mice problem at the house. Really? So, uh, Classic. So trapping and getting rid of dead mice is now... a a very real thing in my life oh, that man. I deal with there, on a daily basis. There's like almost like it's, nothing worse. Like from dude, like a first three days in a row, I've woken up and the first thing I had to do was throw out a dead mouse. You know oh. what that does the rest of your day? Just puts a huge dark cloud over the rest of your afternoon for yeah. fun. Yeah. Could be rats though. So like 
Could be worse for sure. It was like it's weird. It's very much a quick emotional roller coaster. Waking up that way, you you get like this quick sense of accomplishment that you trapped and successfully (laughs) killed the mouse, and then the reality that you just have to touch a dead mouse right now hits you, and it's just the worst have you been like woke and then up got, at all? Like, of course i bought like the cheapest traps i could find right so setting these things is a nightmare man like oh yeah i've been there my man cave was not cr- <laughs> crawling with him but we had a couple last year and i had the cheapest traps like every day i'd come out and check it literally like cheese or whatever would just be gone trap would be trap food. would be snapped no mouse inside i'm like oh god <laughs> cheapest traps ever but no it's a nightmare dude mice are mice are the worst yeah i don't know why what about it makes them so scary to me but uh they're just so fast man they're just so fast yeah unpredictable little bastards oh yeah they'll chew through stuff too oh yeah oh yeah oh man there's like holes in the back of my couch cushions like it's just a man cave so it doesn't matter that much at all but there's there's holes and fuzz out here just all over the place what the shit probably that that dog that you that's kind of a horse that you also True. own, too, though. That dog yeah, is that crazy. probably doesn't help. No, she's not a horse. Come on. She's, she's bigger than a horse. Yeah, you're right. bigger than a horse. You're right. She's a big, she's a big <laughs> son of a gun, but she's the best. Come on. Anyways, you guys want to talk about some fancy hockey? No mice? No. No? No, you'd rather talk no. about mice? No, no, no. I like <laughs> hockey a lot more. I mean... Oh. Yeah. All right, well, I don't think... Uh, I don't think he's been talked about enough this week. He, he He's off to just like kind of a sluggish start. But Nikita Kucherov, uh, you know, just a goal in every single game through his first seven games. Eight goals in seven games. Just added a casual four helpers in there too. I mean, like, Kucherov is off to one of the most ridiculous starts ever. I just like, I feel like it would be ingest of us just to not talk about Nikita Kucherov a little bit. I mean, this is a guy we have talked about before. I mean, it's hard not to just give it his skill set, but... Like, this start is just simply ridiculous. Yeah, he called out his team after last year. Kind of just called out the talent around him, and it's it's crazy to see what's happening now that, he, you know, Stammer is actually healthy. And, um, I mean, just Nemestikov's just feeding off that that success as well. But um, overall, just Kutrov just looks, he just looks dialed in. He has that OV look about him. Um, yeah, it's been exciting to watch. It's, it's cool to see this little, uh, you know, it's like, oh, he's the first player since so-and-so to score seven goals in seven games. It's going to be cool to see how long you can keep that going. Well, you know what? I was just going to say, I, I put all these notes together yesterday because we were supposed to do it yesterday. My fault. Um, True. But, so tonight, it actually snapped tonight against the Blue Jackets. They won 2 nothing. He didn't score. Wow, heartbreaking. But he picked up two apples. So, like, it's not like he even slowed down at all. Uh, so that gives him eight goals and six assists in eight games. Uh, ridiculous. Mikhail Sergachev scored both goals for Tampa today. Yeah. Andre Andre Vasilevsky, 43 save shutout. Hands my boy Sergei Bobrovsky's first <laughs> loss of the season. Uh, do, do you have anything else to add uh, add on Kucherov? I mean, like, there's not much to say that hasn't already been said, but might as well you know, um, tout him a little bit. Sure, sure. I mean, he's shooting 30%, so. Oh, that's, not that's sustainable. Continue. But, I mean, no one's sitting here, you know, expecting the guy to keep scoring a goal for 82 games anyway. So, uh, But to me, you know, what's more kind of important and impressive about it, uh, we talked about it a lot, a lot going into this year, um, how Kucherov needed to up his shot production if he wanted to continue his status as an elite goal scorer and, you know, push that even further. And he has. He's shooting almost four shots a game. 
um, which would be well over the pace that uh, he had last year when he put up 246 shots. Um, so, yeah, a lot to like out of his game right now, obviously. And uh, it doesn't help when you're shooting 30% either. No, I mean, like, that's that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, the one thing, too, now, if you look, obviously, dating back to last season, uh, well, coming into yesterday, or today, I suppose, Kucherov was tied to Sidney Crosby for the lead league in goals uh, with 48 and 81 games. So that's a pretty ridiculous pace. Kind of shows that he could be, uh, you know, a 40-goal a guy again this year. Uh, you know, push for 50. The number's there. For sure. Uh, the one thing, though, I really wanted to talk about Kucherov quickly was just because I also just wanted to talk about Steven Stamkos. Uh, because you look at his numbers through eight games, uh, he's got two goals and 11, yeah, 11 assists now in eight games. But the one thing that's crazy is Stammer's only shooting 7.7% right now, which is, I mean, for some people, that, that, that can be completely normal. But We've seen Stamkos over his career, 593 games, shoot 17%. Like, by far the best ever um, that we've seen ever in recent years. I think actually just ever. I think it's just the best shooting percentage. Just the best shooting percentage ever. Like, it's just insanity. It's crazy high, yeah. I know Craig Simpson retired with the highest ever, and it was something like high teens. Um, So it's probably right around there. But yeah, yeah Stamkos has actually never posted anything below a 15.5. That's what he put up last year, and it was his lowest shooting percentage ever. So pretty crazy. Um, yeah, you would kind of expect it to get worse year to year as he kind of gets to this point in his career, right? Like the, uh, kind of the late 20s, early 30s, kind of edging on to the end of his prime. You would kind of expect the shot to go a little bit. Uh, maybe that's what we're seeing. But again, like we're talking about 24 shots. So the difference between shooting 7% and shooting 60% is probably two goals. So. Yeah. And like he's on pace, like I mean, again, still obviously very early. He's on pace for 267 shots this year, which obviously uh, is a big boost from his last couple of years where he was banged up, like obviously last year. Uh, it would be one shot short of what he posted in 2014 15 when he scored 43 goals. And if you just kind of take a look at that shooting percentage at 17%, that would that shot or shot volume with his career shooting percentage would put Stamkos on pace for 45 goals this season. So, uh, I mean, even if you see a slight dip in that shot, or shooting percentage, I should say, uh, this is a 40-goal score. I mean, there is nobody, I don't think, with a better shot in the league than this guy. I mean, you could obviously make a case about, you know, Eurovechkin's your line A's, obviously even Kucherov now too as well. But, I mean, I just couldn't talk about Kucherov without talking about Stammer because, like, all of a sudden now this is a guy who's already got 11 assists in eight games, so he could easily go for 50 helpers playing on a line with Kucherov and, and, and pop 45 goals. And all of a sudden, we got a 95 to 100-point player that nobody was really kind of expecting coming into the year. You know what's yeah. crazy about Kucherov's number two when I was looking at him is like two or three years ago, whatever his first breakout season was, he put up like 65 points in under 15 minutes of ice time. That's crazy. It was insane. Yeah, I know. Like his, his like whole career numbers to this point are just like everything about it just jumps off the board like as just insanity. Yeah. Yeah, man, he's a. Yeah. It's pretty good. Like, pretty good. Better than his, like, <laughs> yeah. his Stamkos. Thing. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. He's, he's sensational. But let's move on here. Uh, we talked about like Kucherov and Stammer a little bit. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, <laughs> the Lightning last year uh, battled a lot of injuries, and now there's a couple teams early this year that are really fighting it. Obviously, the St. Louis Blues were one of them. They're starting to to get back into health. But one team that's really fighting it right now, they could. Uh, be a little healthier come tomorrow is the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they obviously opened the season without Zach Parise. 
Uh, then they lost Mikel Granlin in the season opener. He might return tomorrow. Uh, and then Nito Niederreiter, Charlie Coyle, and Marcus Foligno all left last Thursday's games. Um, Coyle's expected to miss six to eight weeks. Niederreiter, our boy, uh, expected to miss up to three weeks. Both Felino and Granlin could be back tomorrow. But uh, obviously still without you know Coyle and Niederreiter in the lineup. Two of their huge cogs up front in the top six there. Who do you guys kind of like look at and you know expect to step up for the while, I, I guess, Beebs, we can start with you. Yeah, well, first off, uh, we got the injury report out of the way, and all we had to do was mention one team. So that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for, to the Wild for that one. Um, but for me, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to take the obvious pick here. Uh, Jason Jason Zucker kind of finally gets, um, I, I guess, the ice that maybe just the mo- just the most minutes probably now. Yeah, like he really. Is. I mean, like when Chris Stewart and Marcus Foligno are your are your 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 two number two line wingers uh, playing along with Eric Stahl. Like, I mean, maybe this line would take good five years <laughs> what ago. What year is this? But yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and exact and and I mean, besides Stahl, like like when Stahl's the most talented or Stahl's the best scorer and playmaker on that line. I don't. I don't, I just don't like it that much. Anyways, it's it's an okay fill in line, but uh, Jason Zucker definitely someone to pick up in the next couple of weeks. If um if you know if you got that extra roster spot, and I believe he does play left wing, right wing, at least in Yahoo. So he's he's one of those guys you can kind of slide in on each side, which is always convenient. Um, but for him, he's going to be just getting all the the elite um, winger minutes, and, and he's playing alongside Granlin and Koivu, which isn't isn't terrible line mates. Well, yeah, that um, line was super good last year too. Absolutely. So now they're the number one line, and they're going to get all the chances to succeed right now. And uh, I don't know if, if you can if you can grab Zucker, you know you can grab Granlund. Um, probably can't grab Granlund, but if you can buy low on him, um, or even just buy him at this point, just those type of guys are going to they're going to be getting a ton of minutes for the next couple of weeks. Minnesota's going to lean heavily on them. Yeah, uh, like Parise suffered a setback, so like we we could be looking at weeks before, like you know, I, three weeks of this with no Parise. No need a rider, and then obviously no coil for up almost two months, and that's guaranteed first line power play minutes. It's not exactly. like someone like Chris Stewart's going to step in and you know take it from him. Um, Daniel will win it. Come on, like that's not those guys are going to take. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be some rough times for Minnesota, but that doesn't mean you can't capitalize on it fantasy wise. And that's always it's always a you know you take you take the goods and the bads. D, do you have anything else to add? Anybody else you're kind of looking at? No, I think Zucker and Granlin are, are obviously the two. I mean, Zucker is a guy going, you put up, what was it, like 20-something, low 20 goals last year, yeah, and he 22. played 50 minutes of ice. Yeah, so now he's literally seen probably five more minutes of ice time over the next few weeks. Um, obviously going to be big for Niederreiter whenever he gets back with the rest of those guys still ailing for what it sounds like to be longer periods. Um, but no, yeah, nothing else really. Like I said, I think Granlin, Zucker, um, Stahl still holding his own fantasy value, and I think that helps him as well. Um, but it's funny because this is the team we were talking about being, uh, at least up front, one of the deepest in the conference, and all it takes is four or five. <laughs> solid take. Just just four, just four or five of your best yeah. boards just going. Hey, down. that's all it took to get Daniel Winnick a job though. Finally, so that's cool. Yeah, that it definitely yeah. helps. Uh, obviously, yeah, Zucker's huge. Uh, just with kind of like the early season shot volume, we we see we see him on pace for a career high right now in shots. Obviously, that's gonna be aided by some additional playing time but uh that mm-hmm. kind of you know just by playing you, you don't have to expect him to play that kind of minutes or or produce that kind of shot volume for the whole year you're only looking at him for maybe three to four weeks right now and if he's gonna produce right. like he is right now playing 19 minutes 
He's right now with his career shooting percentage, everything he's kind of playing at a 27 goal uh, over 82 game pace, which is obviously a little bit of a bump mm. uh, over his 22 goals last year. So, mm. I mean, it, it's not very often you can kind of add a guy who's got maybe 25 pretty much obvious 25 25 upside uh with maybe yeah. even more potential kind of like a 30 30 guy right now at least for the next couple of weeks uh i like zucker a lot obviously he likes to shoot not uh, not afraid to do so yeah. and i just you know playing with guys like koivu and grand like two just exceptional playmakers uh helps him a ton that line was a positive possession line last year uh, not by a long, like not by a long shot, but still a positive possession line. Uh, 1.14 relative Corsi as well. Uh, they also had a plus 19 goal differential last year, so they're they're no slouches in their own end either. Uh, I like the yeah. line quite a bit. And just to add in real quick about Zucker too, 46 of his 47 points last year came at even strength, yeah. only one on the power play. He's already bested that, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what he can do with the, the run on the power play this year. Yeah, and, then, and before we move on, the only other guy I really think could have a chance, and this obviously just kind of pertains to deep leagues, uh, is Joel Erickson Eck. We saw him move up uh, for the one game there, uh, and he could stay in the top six again. Should, uh, you know, Grandlin not return or Felino not return tomorrow? Uh, if they do return, he's going to be on the fourth line. But, I mean, it's he's worth maybe a stash in deeper leagues just because, like, guys like uh, Chris Stewart, you know, not the greatest hockey players in the league. They're not going to be uh, stealing, you know, too many crazy minutes from him. So this is a guy that could work his way up. He has a really good shot. I, I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, but I just wanted to take a quick look here. Yeah, Jason Zucker's averaging uh, 2 minutes and 30 seconds on the power play so far this year. So this is a guy who's basically never produced on the power play. So with a little extra extra man exposure. Yeah, never uh, really been given Never played is the real thing, yeah. 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 Yo, can I say something or ask you something, Brock? What's up with the EK? Is it like junior or senior or something? And what's up with that? Yeah, honestly, I couldn't even tell you. Joel Erickson Eck, <laughs> not a clue. There's no hyphen, it's just there, man. Uh-uh. I don't know what it means, man. Let me just uh, quickly look, but before I do look at that, uh, <laughs> let's talk about another team that's a little bit banged up really quickly before we get into our waiver wire targets. Uh, everybody's favorite new franchise, the Vegas Golden Knights, yeah. obviously. Twitter franchise. Yeah, Ooh, they had a rough week in Twitter, but uh, they also had a rough weekend on the ice against the Detroit Red Wings, nonetheless. Uh, we saw a multitude of players go down for the Golden Knights. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury got concussed, somehow stayed in the game. Like, guy literally just took a massive knee to the skull, was about as woozy as you could get, and they're like, yeah, you're fine. And then he promptly just gave up, he promptly just gave up five goals in the third period, like, just, like, pretty much unconscious. So, kudos to the Golden Knights, uh, training staff, (laughs) not doing a very good job. Um, even the teammates, I think it was David Perron was just like, yeah, man, like, he looked like there was just nothing right about that which is that's just terrifying like come on guys Coming from david perron too yeah yeah he's yeah. he's had a history with that as well but anyways flurry obviously out uh concussions you can't really put a timetable on them uh but jonathan marsha so is another guy out with a lower body injury uh and eric howla undisclosed injury so all three of those injuries happened against the Red Wings. Howlers was actually by getting beat up by Thomas Tatar of all people. Yeah, Hilarious. Uh, but I've actually seen a couple things out of Vegas, like questioning the Marsh or so injury. Uh, they're thinking it's kind of like a uh, a bit of a farce just to get uh, Shapachev in the lineup. Don't know obviously how true that is, but. Uh, interesting. They just kind of they got a lot of things going on with that roster. But uh, speaking of Shapachev, 
who do you guys kind of look at? Obviously, he's a pretty obvious candidate uh, to step up in Vegas without Howell and Marcheseau. I mean, like you wouldn't really be talking about Howell and Marcheseau injuries affecting other teams as big as it's going to affect Vegas. But uh, that's like pretty much two of their best uh, five players. So, D, we might as well start with you on this one. I mean, like I, I, it takes away another capable top six forward from this team, right? So, uh you could talk about a guy like Brendan Lipsick moving up the lineup. Um, but I think it's more or less just going to be compounded on guys like Perron and Neil um, to get it done. Probably, you know, a little more extra time towards that first unit. Um, obviously, Shapachev too, as well. Uh, to me, there's just not enough potential to really even pretend to make a point about a guy like Lipsick or Touch that could potentially provide hey vegas is surprises yeah, <laughs> yeah no shit every way so far this year so who's to say it won't continue but um no to me i, I would just be feeling better if you know i have james neal at the bottom of my roster and maybe even Perron. but uh yeah that's about it for me i would say yeah that's exactly i was honestly going to say the exact same thing that, that vegas can you know they've kind of done everything we thought they haven't or they couldn't do even even like when when flurry does go down malcolm Subban comes True. in and almost shuts out his old team that literally waved him and sent him to the wolves um so and and if you sent him to the wolves sounds so so awesome like that that's amazing i can't believe no one said (laughs) that yet that's sensational just let him go and and, and he killed it i mean if i was if someone would have asked me take the over under on six goals to go into that game i probably would have taken the over um and then he i mean he almost shuts them out gets scored on with what was two minutes left which just you know hurt my heart um, but in general, I mean, this team, this team's been exciting. I think kind of with, with almost all their wingers that, as you mentioned, aren't named David Perron or James Neal, you kind of just throw them in a bag and put them on any line and you're going to get the same like general production. Um, and that's not fantasy relevant production. So, yeah. How about our boy Riley Smith though? Maybe he'll move up the lineup and not do a yeah. lot. And not, and he'll get a couple shots that won't go in and stuff. Riley Smith's the type of player who needs 18 minutes a night to post 2020 numbers. <laughs> so, supposed enough to be worthy of, a, idea of uh, maybe a spot with. start every once in a while that's what he's done the last few years yeah have you but, figured out the x situation uh brock because we are just wondering no i still have not figured out i'm not even gonna try uh the only other wrong. guy i i really would want to talk about is is tuck i think uh alex tuck was one of my favorite players coming out of that 2014 draft class i mean he looked like an absolute beast uh against Team Canada in the World Juniors. Uh, he's just a, he's just a monster, like just humongous. Six four, two twenty two. Has a has a great shot. Um, and like, there's not many teams where a kid can kind of just come up from the AHL and just be like, boom, here you go. Like, roughly top six minutes. Uh, here you go, kid. Uh, and then through his first two games, I mean, two goals, one assist, four shots on goal in each game to give him a, obviously a total of eight through two. Uh, not afraid to shoot the puck. Just, just a great frame. He's he's put together a great body of work through his you know through, great rig on the kid. Dude, he's just yeah. he's humongous. Sure he's just Beauty huge. Rig. He ripped it off at Boston College. Say, he he had a nice year in his first year in the AHL, and then he put up five points, three goals or four goals in three games in the AHL this year when he was sent to the Wolves. He's got a sick like, bod. Dude, he's just, a, he's just a monster, man. So I love him. I think that's one guy that I would be looking at, especially in, favorite in, guy from the draft. in deeper leagues or, sleep, or uh, keeper leagues. That's definitely the guy I'm looking at. But 
Speaking of guys to pick up off the waiver wire right now, let's get right into guys that should be definitely owned right now. Beebs, let's start with you. Waiver wire targets. Who you liking on the wire right now? I'm going to go with Brock Besser. Um, kind of one of the big surprises out of camp was that he didn't make the starting lineup day one for Vancouver. Oh, no shit. You're looking at this lineup, and it's like, huh, the kid produced last season. It's clearly, you know, your winger of the future. Yeah, you know, let's just healthy him. That's that's the that's the smart thing to do here. <laughs> Got to get to Twins in 20 minutes, in. dude. Yeah, exactly. But it seems like, you know, like maybe um, after a couple games of realizing that what the hell were we doing and our best player at practice is being healthy. Um, they decided to put him in. And uh, in three games with uh, Vancouver, since, since he's been in the lineup, he has four points, two goals, two assists. And that includes two power play points. Um, Besser is just slowly just taking what should have been his to start the year, which is top line minutes. Um, currently playing on the second line right now with uh, a couple castaways and Sven Barchi and uh, uh, Alex Bermistrov or, Yes, that's his first name, correct? Yeah, um, yeah either, castaways. Yeah, yeah, but the absolute castaways, and they're actually, um, they play quite well together as a line. I do expect Bo Horvat to kind of jump up on that line. Bo Horvat's currently playing third line right now. Um, they're all kind of, like, is, all three of those lines are kind of playing similar minutes, though. That's exactly it. They're all playing quite well. Um, they're all playing, Horvath's like, 15 minutes a night. And, yeah, and uh, and I think it's just a matter of time before uh, before they, they just make a top line with Besser and Horvat together because yeah. they for sure sh- should it, do dude, that. that top line just needs to be Besser, Horvat, and Barchi. Like, like absolutely. I don't know why Barchi and, and Horvat aren't playing together right now. Like, they had such a good year together last year, and then Besser came up, played with them, and he was great. Like, I don't know why that line. Amazing. Like, those that's your future. Like, put them together, let them just tear it up, and just don't even give a shit about anybody else in your team because the rest of the team sucks. You guys are thinking way too logically for the Vancouver Canucks right now. <laughs> so true. He has a very good point. Yeah, right. All they're thinking is Sadine, Sadine, Sadine. He picked I, up a- it kind of seems like they're getting away from that slowly. Well, yeah, but like, I, I read an article today. I don't even remember who wrote it. I don't even want to say who wrote it because it's <laughs> so embarrassing. But somebody put out an article that was like, the Sadines need to play more if the Canucks or to play better, the Sadines need to play more. And then, like, literally every other person that has ever written about the Canucks was like, yeah, Ooh. like, actually the complete opposite <laughs> needs to happen. And it was yeah, just a, it was just a so shit cringe-worthy. show. Like, um, but, yeah, Besser picked up another assist tonight, four shots on goal, so that gives him five points and two goals, three assists in four games. Uh, I obviously touted him as one of my Calder favorites. Uh, a lot of people liked him. Only a 24% owned, too. Yeah, super, off, super low. No, he's great. I, I, I like Besser. Uh, I don't like the, the Canucks that much at all, but um, I really <laughs> like Besser. I really like Horvat, and I really like uh, Sven Barchi. And if they put that line back together, that it, you know they can be definitely lethal. Uh, but D, who are you looking at right now? Uh, another young guy, Clayton Keller, twenty nine percent owned. And, oh, my other uh, Calder more, favorite. <laughs> more upside than most guys coming off the wire for sure. Um, seventh overall pick in what was it 2016, I think. Um, put up 45 points in 31 NCAA games last year. He had a strong preseason this year too. Led the Coyotes in points for whatever that's worth. Um, seems to carry that momentum into the regular season. It's still early, but there's a lot to like in Keller's first six game. He's averaging over three and a half shots a game. 52% possession rating on what is obviously a poor puck possessing team. Uh, he's playing a ton, averaging 19 and a half minutes a night. And has been productive even with an on-ice shooting percentage of 6.1. So that should improve as the season progresses. Uh, so there's just a lot of reasons to like Keller here. And to top it off, he's got center and left wing eligibility. So if he's still on your wire and you need some help up front, I think you should go pick him up. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, we—it's not crazy to think that rookies can be huge fantasy pieces anymore. Obviously, we've seen the coming of age of these young stars, and I think Clayton Keller's kind of—I think he kind of went under the radar as Arizona's next big thing just because of Strom, and um, you know Max Domi there for a while. But Clayton Keller (laughs) really does seem to be the main talent in Arizona. And if he's one, I mean, if you're in a keeper league and he's not picked up, then you you need to sprint to your <laughs> nearest device that gets Wi-Fi and grab him. Um, but uh, if you're in a standard league, you should probably do the exact same thing. Though I think he's 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 going to be the guy to put up points out there in Arizona. And this is a team that I mean, they might be 0-5 and one right now, but um, as we've always said, someone has to score goals, and uh, and he's clearly the most talented out there. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I talked him up uh, pretty much exclusively last week. So I don't have much more to add on Clayton Keller that I haven't already said before. Uh, I'm just going to rattle off a trio of waiver wire targets that I like. Uh, primarily Sean Couturier. Uh, Beebs, I know you were kind of talking about him as potentially being yours. Uh, but I wrote up a massive piece on Sean Couturier, so I'm going to just lay that on everybody right now. Uh, 41% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Uh, honestly, I said this earlier in the show, but Katrue was one of my favorite players coming out of that draft. Uh, I just, I loved everything he did for Team Canada uh, back then, and I, I still love what what he brings to the table now. Uh, but really, he just disappointed offensively earlier. You're trying to get a job as a scout? No, I just, I just, those are just two guys. No, those are just two guys that I actually really liked in the draft. Like it just happened to be that way. Maybe it's just I'm leading towards favoritism for my old uh, my old thoughts. But regardless, he did disappoint offensively <laughs> early in his career. But often he was just limited to third line, kind of like shut down roles, never really played the huge minutes. But to start this season, he's playing on the top line with Claude Giroux and Jakob Voracek. Obviously, about as good as a spot as you will find in the Flyers lineup. Uh, obviously, he's taken his increased role and run with it, scoring four goals, three assists in the Flyers' first six games of the season. Uh, they played tonight, uh, so check the waiver wire in the morning to see if he added a couple more points uh, to that total. Uh, but he's currently on pace for a career-high 219 shots, and with a career 9.8 shooting percentage, that works out to about 22 goals across 82 games. He was already a guy who put up close to 30 assists a game, now playing with, uh, like, on the third line though. now playing with Giroux, and Voracek, I think this is a guy you can easily top 30, approach 35, even touch 40. Uh, something that just nobody really saw coming from Couture because, I mean, it's been, what, five years in NHL where he's really done not much at all. Uh, now this year, mm-hmm. seeing a ton more minutes, and it's working out beautifully. Um, and then the only other thing I wanted to add was just that trio. I mean, we've seen Voracek kind of be a dominant possession player in years past. It's not changing at all. That line currently carries the fifth highest expected goals among trios that have played 50 minutes together uh, at even strength so far this season. So they've been one of the best lines in hockey. Uh, there's a lot to like about Katria as long as he's playing with those two. Uh, then the only other two guys I wanted to talk about first was Alec Martinez. Uh, I really don't have too much to say about Martinez other than he just does everything. Uh, plays a ton of minutes, produces offense, plays a ton of power play time, blocks a ton of shots. He literally just does everything. Uh, but his own percentage has been extremely low to start the season because he started the year with an injury. Uh, so a lot of people kind of forgot about him so far. Uh, so if he's available in your league, he's a kind of do-it-all 
bottom of the lineup defenseman that I think uh, will help a lot of owners just across the board. Uh, the other guy is Brandon Montour uh, from the Ducks. Only 5% owned. Obviously, this is uh, a kind of a deeper league target. Uh, but you've got Hoppus, Lindholm, and Sammy Vatnin returning soon. But I don't think uh, Montour is going to really lose too much time. Uh, you're going to see guys like Francois Boschman, uh, Caribbean Holzer, Jacob Magna, who are in the lineup right now. Those are the guys that are going to see decreased minutes. Montour is still going to be featured on the second power play unit. Uh, I read today that when this blue line is healthy, Montour is going to see even strength minutes with Cam Fowler. So you know he's going to be out there for 20-plus minutes a night with second power play time. We've talked about his offensive ability on this show before. Uh, lots to like about Montour in deeper leagues. Uh, especially as that team gets healthy and starts improving. I mean, they've pretty much played the entire start of the season without Getzlaff, Eves, Kessler. Uh, who else are we missing? And then obviously the two defensemen there in Lindholm and Vatten. So lots of like there. Do you guys have any other waiver mm-hmm. wire targets to talk about? Um, Not necessarily a target right now, but Josh Hosang, four assists in five games under 14 minutes tonight. Keep an eye out on that Islanders roster because I don't know what's going to happen once they get healthy. But uh, if he can move his way up the lineup, I think he could be worth a pickup then. But uh, not so much right now. But I just think it's interesting the kind of the start hosting's got up to. Yeah, and, and he's then, a guy that we touted earlier in the year too. Just because he might be a ten goal, forty assist guy, but he might get forty assists. Like who knows? <laughs> yeah, Hosang's got that natural talent that um, that he's going to get points pretty much no matter what, as long as he's playing the right minutes. Um, so just kind of keep an eye on him for sure. I'd agree with that. Um, and then my my just quick mention is um, it's someone who is probably not available in your league, but if Vladimir Nemeshnikov is still around, um, we did mention, we talked about how great Samkos and Kucherov were playing. He's kind of just the benefactor of all that. Just someone to keep an eye on if you do have, if he is available and he is playing center and left wing, I believe, in the Yahoo League. So um, dual position. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and then for those in uh, ESPN leagues, I'm pretty sure Nemesnikov is uh, triple position eligibility. <laughs> He's been, uh, I just picked him up, actually, for my girlfriend's team. Again, I, I her team uh, has just been stout. I've been picking up people left yeah, and right. Yeah, because you're her. playing it. <laughs> no, they drafted it. I've just been kind of running the show ever since. Brock, uh, Brock you're losing points as you go here. No, dude, are you kidding me? I'm basically running two teams. Nobody even knows it. I think people know it. It's amazing. Yeah, I think they know too. They might know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Rose picked up Vlad- Vladimir or Vladislav Nemestikov. Like, yeah. Okay. That's the least believable thing. The fifth thing. guy she's picked up. His <laughs> name she can't yeah. pronounce. <laughs> no shit. She also drafted Vadim Shapachev. So. Um, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> anyways, let's head uh, head over to the Blue Stones for one minute. When we get back, we're gonna talk about a couple buy low uh, candidates. Then obviously just get to your Twitter questions at the end. So some sell highs uh, too. Oh, some sell highs as well. I didn't even know. I didn't have one, so I hope you guys got lots because I did not prepare the sell highs. Got one each. <laughs> Anyways, one each. enjoy the Blue Stones as always. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I down. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision arrows. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because it's
ladies and gentlemen, to Season 3, Episode 7 of the Daily Face-Off Podcast. We're here to talk about some guys that you should be targeting, like Amari Cooper in Fantasy Football, who I just traded for with Biebs, and then he went off tonight. So if my buy-low radar is hot, like I think it might be, then we might have some serious buy low candidates. Uh, maybe don't. Hey, let me just defend myself. Maybe don't listen. Don't kill. maybe don't listen let to Biebs' sell highs because he's clearly not good at that. Uh, but no, Biebs actually <laughs> Biebs actually flipped the shitty player that I traded to him for Amari Cooper for Tyree Kill. So we both actually made it out squeaky clean. I like it a lot. Just good GM work. Yeah, just we, good GM work. Well, it was it was it was pretty sketchy gm work by you but you were able to rip off the dumbest guy in the league so good for you at least i was at least i would at least i was able to rip you off you were able to rip off i also i ripped that guy off to get cooper the week before so i technically ripped him off twice yeah well this is the guy that drafts two kickers every year he also drafted laquan treadwell in the fifth round of last year's draft uh, so I don't this, even know who that is. This guy, exactly. This guy clearly has no idea what he's talking about. Did he just draft the treadmill? Is that what he did? <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. He, Guys, he, he like, was draft- looking around the room. He's like, huh. <laughs> Give me the it. treadmill. <laughs> treadmill. Uh, but, Pete, no, since, since we're talking about I heard they needed it. a washing machine. I thought about our washing machine, <laughs> but how we needed ours. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, he also drafted David Carr in the first round because he just looked outside and was like, I want Carr. The car. So he just, yeah. So that's how David he did Same thing, both. <laughs> he drafted his brother, too. He's like, I just want the brothers. Person. Anyways, Peebs, who, who are you buying low on since you're so good at <laughs> selling the buy low guys? Apparently, just don't listen to anything I say because Brock just owns me. Um, <laughs> terrible intro, by the way. That's I'm just worst. saying that Amari uh, Cooper went off for like four, touch- or four catches, 109 yards, and two. Touchdowns in the first half of football he played on my team. I love the deal so far. <laughs> All right, let's talk hockey. My uh, my buy low, which uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I like to think that this is a good one. Feel free to. I think it's in. a great uh, one, Beebs. Thanks, I like man. it. Be- I, I like it, Beebs. Um, I didn't even say it yet, guys. But anyways, one thing with buy lows right now that I noticed before I go into my guy is that. Um, You're not good at it? Targeting guys on teams that are just struggling right now is a great idea because the team's struggling. It seems like their superstars are struggling, which means a lot of owners are going to forget after a week that the weeks or that the season's actually 24 weeks long, and they're going to be like, oh, my season's done, man. I got to deal them. So step in, grab guys. And Max Pacioretty is a prime example of that. On Montreal, as we, uh, I mean, if you live in Canada, you've heard every day about Montreal's scoring woes. Um, yeah, they look like every day who- about toronto's scoring up so i mean me and d don't mind it but um especially Love he loves it um but yeah no team has struggled to score and actually i apologize i wrote this before last night's game um but it doesn't matter because they didn't score last night either but uh the canadians are averaging uh, a league low 1.5 goals per game um but that's kind of odd because they're also third in the league in shots on goal um with 38 a game which is extremely high um, so they, they are getting the shots on target, which means that things are going to change. Um, as we've seen with Corsi, they, they're just kind of, it just seems like they're getting the bad luck right now. No puck luck. Um, and it seems like Patch Reddy's kind of the one guy who's going to turn things around. He only has one goal, zero assists, and is a minus five through the first, uh, what is it? Five games now. Um, and, and, and he's a guy who 
has actually kind of I, I, I kind of blew my mind when I actually started looking into his past couple seasons. So Patrick scored thirty plus goals um, every single season where he's where he's gotten um, two hundred fifty shots or more, and that's been five times in his career. And this year he's on pace for three hundred shots right now. So if if he keeps up that production like he has in his career, he's an easy bet for thirty goals again, which is something that you can't get from a lot of people. But as well, he also is uh he's a, he's a good bet for about thirty assists, thirty five. He's, um, he's year, just the best. See, he's just so consistent. He is a mon- he's a monster. Yeah, he's absolutely consistent. He's been healthy. Um, I, there's just so many good things that I that I kind of started just building up about him here. Um, actually, in the past five years, Pacioretty's only third behind Ovechkin, Crosby, and then he's tied with Joe Pavelski for goals in the past five years, and that's at 146 through five years. So that's not bad whatsoever. Um, he's been just a complete stud fantasy-wise, and uh, he plays that that dreaded right wing. So definitely someone who, if people are getting ready just to you know sell all their Canadians, sell their struggling players, just someone to look into because he can be a, a absolute elite um, uh, winger for you and I, what I consider at least top eight right winger in the league, potentially even as we've gone through in the beginning of the, of the year, top six. So um, I do think he's bound to turn it around with that team. Just, yeah, just wait for it. I think like the one thing that you could say with uh, certainty about Pacioretty is that he's probably still going to finish the year with 30 goals because uh, it seems like he does yep. it every year. That offense is clearly struggling a ton, but you also have to kind of look uh, at the fact that, you know, he just started playing with Jonathan Drouin. Like who knows, you know, it takes some time to build some chemistry. They only had five, you know, five games together. I think it's going to take some time for that to click, but um, it's going to happen eventually. So, I, I, I absolutely I love Pacioretty going forward. Uh, I think he's a great buy low candidate. Uh, but D, who uh, who are you looking at to buy low? Um, so I got a, a trio of guys, I guess, that I'll just mention real quick and try to work through. Um, if you're looking for someone on the back end, might as well shoot for the stars. Brent Burns, just two assists through his first five games right now. He's a minus five. Uh, he's posted 20 shots, which puts him right on pace with 320 he put up last year. Um, so you could try to capitalize on this fluky start. Even if his shooting struggles persist, the volume looks like it'll still be there, which should still all but guarantee him 20 to 25 goals. Worst case scenario. Another really interesting one right now, I think, is Mitch Marner. Um, playing in Toronto, Marner's struggles you know, have been well documented and are definitely well known around the fantasy and hockey world. Um, been recently demoted to the fourth line. Smart fantasy owners should recognize this as an opportunity to make a move for him now when his value Big might time. be at its lowest. He's played just 12 and 11 minutes in the last two games. That's crazy low. Uh, Martyr on the fourth line can't be anything but temporary. His usage should go back up to normal pretty soon and hopefully his production along with it. And then if you're looking for a more bottom-of-the-roster guy, uh, Joe Thornton's another one who's really struggled off the start, just three points in five games. The Sharks of a unit have gotten off to a very slow start. And you could probably get Thornton for next to nothing right now. And he still brings some great, uh, I guess, specialty value in assists and power play points. Uh, so definitely still a lot of production and value you can bring to, like I said, the bottom of a fantasy roster and a guy you can literally probably get for nothing right now. Yeah, just to step in there, I really like Marner. Um, just strictly almost because if you live in Canada, again, that's all we've heard about all week because the Leafs have been playing so well. They have to pinpoint mm-hmm. and pick off, you know, Marner's on the fourth line, which really... People hearing that, and if, if, if someone's not completely you know, watching every game, realizing how actually talented this kid is, they're going to be willing to sell him just seeing that he's on a fourth line. Nobody wants that. You don't want a fourth line guy on your fantasy team, do you? No. But that's it's it, he's honestly a perfect target. Um, Sophomore so flop. people stay on. Yeah, keep looking at daily face-off lines, and while he's on fourth line, make those trades. 
Yeah. Um, I don't have like too many guys to really talk about. I think it's still a little early to buy into a, yeah, a lot of these hot starts or cold starts. Um, and this is a guy I just want to mention him because I think he can. He, he's going to classify. I, I honestly can't even believe I'm going to freaking say it. Um, he's a guy that can classify even as a waiver wire pickup because I think his own percentage is just hovering right around 50. So he might be available, to leave, but I think he's worth taking a look at. And I again, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but Rick Nash. Um, <laughs> he's playing like obviously the Rangers are often just a shithole of a start, uh, absolutely mm-hmm. terrible. But if you look at Rick Nash's shot volume through the first, uh, I guess eight games because they just played tonight. Here's I'm just going to read it to you. It's hilarious. Four, four, five, three, five, four, four, five. That's just ridiculously <laughs> consistent shot production. Uh, that totals 34 shots in eight games, and he's only got one goal to show for it. Uh, obviously, Rick Nash has had a shitload of struggles uh, throughout his career, but he's also had a shitload of 40-goal seasons. Um, and a yep. guy that shoots uh, as much as he does, and he's still going to see a lot of minutes. He just has to. Um, he, right now, he's playing on the top line as a bandage out. I think Alain Vigneault, they've struggled. I think Alain Vigneault is looking for answers in the wrong places. I mean, moving Buchnevich yep. from the first line to the fourth line seems ridiculous to me. Um, but regardless... kind of highlight. Yeah, it, but I just still think, like, especially in leagues where... You know, Nash might be available. I think it's only a matter of time uh, before he starts cashing in. I, again, like I'm not—I've never been a big proponent of Rick Nash, at least for the last five years. But uh, this kind of shot production is crazy. Uh, so I like him quite a bit going forward. I mean, like that's on pace for 350 shots almost, which is absurd. Uh, and this is a guy yeah. who shot at 12.2 percent throughout his career. So. Uh, no slouch. I mean, again, that's right on pace if he keeps it up for his random 40-goal season. So um, <laughs> probably won't happen. He's had but, four uh, career years with yeah. uh, 300 shots, and each year he's had over 30 goals. Yeah, and, exactly. So, so if he just keeps you know, seeing these minutes and, and you know, firing the biscuit, I think there's a lot to like here. Uh, another couple guys quickly on the blue line. I think uh, Mark Giordano is definitely one to target. Calgary, bit of a sluggish start. Giordano, I think he's only got a goal and two assists so far, but he's shooting the puck a ton, seeing his regular Mark Giordano minutes. I uh, get up there in age, but I don't think he's like quite just like over the hill, obviously. Uh, I think he's one guy to target. Uh, and then in deeper leagues, if you're kind of just struggling on the blue line and you want to get somebody for super, super cheap, um, I think Nick Letty is another guy you can target. Uh, in his first three years in, well, in Brooklyn, I guess, in, with the Islanders, he had 37, 40, 46 points. Uh, scored double-digit goals in two of those years. Uh, he shoots the puck quite a bit. Obviously, he doesn't have a goal yet this year, so he's sitting at the ugly zero shooting percentage. But I just think he's another guy. Uh, I mean, I'm not shooting for the moon here by any stretch like B- or uh, like Diaz with Brent Burns. But in deeper leagues, if you're looking for kind of a cheap option where you can almost basically trade nothing for him, uh, I think Nick Letty's a guy that can definitely turn around and have a you know a, a strong month of november into the rest of the year are you guys selling high on anybody though um there's i got a couple sell high or just one sell high really there was there was a lot of people that kind of stood out as sell highs but at the same time it's like our our, our owner's kind of dumb enough to buy high at this point um but one one guy and i i, I love grabbing on to players that are being hyped huge by the media because all that means is that people are gonna love them way more than they should and one guy that is, and deservedly so, it's James Neal right now. Yeah, in, um, oh my Las God, Vegas. yes. 
yeah, James Neal has six goals in six games, three of which have been game winners. Um, so as of right now, um, he, he's he's I, I don't know his exact rank in uh, in in ESPN leagues, but in Yahoo leagues, he's right up there at the top, strictly because of those three game winning goals uh, that really boost it up. He also has 18 shots and is shooting 33 um, percent in those six games. And as we all know, that's not likely to keep up. But one thing about James Neal that will kind of help you if you do have him and you're willing to cherry, trade him is that I think that a lot of people think he's had better seasons than he has in the past couple of years. Um, this is someone who's only surpassed 30 goals twice in his career, and he's had a, a pretty long career on some pretty good teams and lines. Um, and, he, or, and he's only surpassed 60 points twice, um, and that there's a couple of just 50-point seasons in there. And that's kind of what I expect from him as this Vegas team kind of starts to die down a bit more. Um, there's no way they can keep this up. And Zero as they, as they start Zero going down, James Neal is going to go down. So it, now's the time to really sell him. Um, especially if you can find someone in your league who loves looking at player ranks at that moment. And you, you, you know, you could say you could try to move him for, if you can move him and maybe even someone else garbage for Pacioretty, yeah, go for it. I mean, try to make some deals with James Neal though. Um, they love him in Vegas and, and he might have a decent year. He's definitely worth rostering in fantasy, but I just think you could get a guy who's going to get 65, 70 points potentially for him right now. Alex Barkov is another one who's kind of been struggling a little bit out of the gate, um, to keep an eye on too. So just, uh, I don't know, I just really, I think James Neal just stands out like a sore thumb um, as, a, as a sell high at this moment. Yeah, no, he is the most obvious candidate that there is. Like, that team is not going to be able to say anything close to what they've started with right now. But D, no. <laughs> who are you looking at? Um, so I got a few options. I'll, I'll rip through them super quick. Um, one, Shane Gossespierre. Um we talked about him a lot coming into the year. I mentioned how he had some good sleeper value after what was kind of a disappointing year last year. Um, it's now one of those things, Brock, that we talk about. It's kind of gone full circle. And yeah. you could try to cash in now, if you will, as market value is kind of going through the roof. He's got 10 points in his first six games. Um, possession rates are down. His on-ice shooting percentage is a whopping 13%, double the 6.4 post a year ago. Uh, just meaning the guys on the ice with him are converting twice as efficiently. Obviously, you should not expect that to continue. <laughs> um, that, as well as the Flyers' power play, should also come back down to earth a little bit. Um, should bring back down Ghost Bears' production to probably around the 40-50 point uh, mark we saw last year. I still like him moving forward, but you know, right now you might be able to package him for a guy like Burns. Um, so definitely an idea worth playing with if you do have goes to spare. Uh, I want to throw Ovechkin in here because the guy's shooting 23%, um, and everyone's talking it. about him, and he's lighting the league on fire. But uh, he's also on pace for over 450 shots on net, and I, I, I can't front with that. So uh, <laughs> I'll just leave that for what it is. Brandon Sod <laughs> is the other interesting one worth mentioning. He's got six goals, two assists in seven games. And like Ovi, shooting an absurdly high 23%. But uh, he's also putting up about four shots a game. Uh, and we've just never seen elite shot production from Saad before, so I'm much less confident it will continue um, than I am with Ovechkin. Uh, though it certainly is plausible in his age 25 year. Uh, you could definitely make an argument either way, but if it were me, I'd be shopping around Saad right now. Yeah, I like... I think Sorry, go ahead, Deeps. No, no, it's all no, you. I, I honestly, I don't even want to touch Saad just because of uh, that little trade talk thing we had going last week where I still haven't traded Wenzel for him. So just, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm just going to stick with that team too. Um, 
I have a number of guys, kind of like UD, that I'm just going to run through quick. The one guy for me that's very interesting, because uh, his numbers on the outside looking in are pretty impressive, uh, is Patrick Kane. Obviously, uh, he has three goals and seven assists, uh, so 10 points in eight games, doing very mm-hmm. Patrick Kane-like things. But when you look at his possession metrics, this is a guy who, you know, with a couple years with uh, Artemi Panarin, had over a 52 uh, percent Corsi rating with a positive relative Corsi every year. Now this year, turn the page, playing with Nick Schmaltz and whoever else, Ryan Hartman. He's got a forty-three point one Corsi, a minus four uh, relative Corsi. Uh, it looks like Patty Kane might be missing our Temi Panarin a little bit more than people were thinking. Uh, he might again. Patty Kane is. As talented as they come, but I think he might be in for a little bit worse of a season than everybody was expecting. I think all of a sudden this whole Patty or this Artemi Panarin thing is going to catch up to him a little bit. Um, so I I don't know. I mean I I, I just I I think that name just carries so much weight that you can still deal him for a, a Vladimir Tarasenko, Nikita, maybe not a Kucherov. He's had a ridiculous start, but like some of those other elite wingers, a Brent yeah, Burns, like, Kucherov. no, like that would be, that'd be a tough <laughs> sell right now. But like uh, a Brent Burns, like this is also obviously an elite name. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like where it's trending. It's still early, but I just think it's oh worth God. investigating. Um, oh, dude, Yep. Dude, Kane's on-ice shooting percentage right now is 18.4. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was the next thing I was just going to mention. It's just <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Um, I, That's so... It's, it, I've never seen a number that high. That's actually insane. No, yeah. Oh, it, it, it's worth just taking a look at, man. I don't know. I would be doing it if I had him. Um, and then a, a, another couple oh, of guys man. I'm going to mention. One guy for sure, Tyler Toffoli. Uh, and you might as well just lump Tanner Pearson into the mix uh, because they are decently large names. Uh, but now that Jeff Carter is pretty much out for the foreseeable future, uh, oh, those two yeah. guys are going to be poo. Uh, so get rid of them while owners don't realize <laughs> that they're not good without Jeff Carter. Um, so get rid of Toffoli, get rid of Pearson. I don't think they're going to have any success. You could try to sell them on the fact that, like, oh, Carter's gone, more opportunity. Move exactly, there. exactly. Get rid of them because it ain't going to happen. <laughs> Toffoli is pretty much dead. Uh, Offering him to sue right now. Uh, I just think Toffoli is what he is. He's not a bad player by any means. But no, but I, I just think like he's still – I feel like that might. name kind of still carries some weight for whatever reason. Um, and then the yeah. other guy sticking with that team is Dustin Brown. Um, you know what? I honestly oh. – in leagues where he's available <laughs> – I would pick him up. I honestly would. Ride this hot start. This is a guy He's who... He's rosterable, eh? Oh, my God. Like, this is a guy who used to just rip so many shots and just scored because he just shot the puck yeah. so much. And he's doing it again. And he's playing with Kopitar. And now, more than ever, um, he could be good because, especially with Carter out now, like, it kind of helps him more than, obviously, Toffoli and Pearson. Um, but at the same time... Uh, we, if you just look back at his last three years, there's not a whole lot to like from a fantasy perspective. He but sucks, I, st- bro. I, I, I can't, I can't let you mislead the good people. Dustin Brown sucks. He has sucked for quite some time. <laughs> he will continue to suck, dude. <laughs> I know. I, bottles I, backwards. I don't. I don't. Dis- I, I, I don't. You. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm. I'm telling people to sell high on him. I'm also just saying right, right, that right. I would also Correct. think about picking him up and then selling him high because. People are just going to look at these numbers and be like, okay. So, 
obviously, he's going to be available in quite a bit of leagues. And I still think... True. I don't know. People are dumb, man. People look at these numbers. People trade Amari Cooper, like, all the time. Like, if we... If we- if we, you know, held the belief that every fantasy owner was smart, there'd be no point in having the show. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think those three kings. All we're doing is talking about capitalizing off other dumb owners. <laughs> at, the sa- at the same damn time, though, I also told people to pick up Rick Nash tonight. So, I might be one of those dumb owners because I can't I even. going to say it, bro. I can't, even, oh, I can't even believe I said it. Ridiculous. Oh, Brock, in a span of 10 minutes, you recommended both Rick Nash and Dustin Brown. Let that. Yeah, you should probably <laughs> check. I, I recommended Dustin Brown because I was already talking about the Kings <laughs> as a sell high. A sell <laughs> high. Dude, I just, I'm looking at Dustin Brown. Go grab Chris Stewart. He's elite. I'm looking at Dustin Brown's ownership right now, and I don't even know what year it is. Yeah. Wait, 61% owned. He's playing 61%. 19 over almost been. 20 minutes a night. He scored 14 goals last year. He scored 14 goals last like three years. Dude, he hasn't Frost scored 20 down. since 2011. Sell Are high. Are you pick up Kunitz next? I said sell <laughs> high, Biebs. Chris Kunitz, grab. Give me the... You know what? To be fair, to be fair, Brock, I didn't think that, like, there was anything there worth the sell, but 61%? Yeah, you, you never know. know. It's fair. Dude, he has seven yeah. points in six games. Sometimes you can just pick guys up off waivers and trade them right away. So. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I've just did that like the other day. Actually, I think that's what you're doing. He's on pace for 328 shots. It's worth something. That's a yeah, shit. He's never done that ever. He used to ever. shoot the he's puck. Probably like... not going to do it when he's 33. Well, no, he's definitely not going to do it. But somebody might think that he will. That's True. the year. 33 is the year. He Everyone had 292 shots Everyone in 2008. I'm not saying he's a breakout. Yeah. I'm selling. You guys are taking my I words wrong. I said I would pick him up and trade the <laughs> son of a bitch. You up Dustin Brown for like 45 seconds. I was waiting yeah. for it to end, and it didn't. I had to it say something. It did not end. I, I was yeah. just saying his shot volume. Whatever your original intention was. His shot volume and his... And his and as his, and his, and Dustin Brown. His shot volume and his hit volume are elite right now. They really are. <laughs> do you want to get to play Twitter with questions? Right? Yeah, Twitter questions. Get away from this Dustin Brown business, because can't believe again, you guys are not, trying to you guys are trying to frame me as a Dustin Brown toter for Christ's sake. You've been you attempting to call me out. You were literally touting him. I was you telling were, people to sell him high. How is that touting him? That's a knock because on you him. Went if off anything, into a twenty second tangent. He's on pace for three hundred twenty eight shots and three hundred and twenty hits. <laughs> What's not to like? Other than the fact I that he's not good, I think that's really impossible to sustain. You can't shoot it. And Obviously, that's why off. he's a sell high. I bet high. you he doesn't hit two hundred shots. I think he'll. Oh, I would take. I'll right, take that. Twitter bet. questions. Actually, can we bet though? I I think Dustin Brown hits two hundred <laughs> shots this year. Can we bet a case of beer on this? Go on a, go on a Twitter question. Can we bet a case of beer on this, please? I haven't looked into Dustin Thank Brown's you. career numbers enough. Oh, now we're back. Now we're backpedaling on Dustin Brown. <laughs> Thanks, here. Okay. All right, Twitter questions. Let's go. All right, so if you want to reach us on Twitter, um, you can tweet at DFO Podcast. That's our own thing. Um, or at Brock underscore Segan, which is, of course, Brock's account. Or at 3D Berthium, which is uh, a boy D's account. And then finally me at Beast Bondi. So if you ever want to reach us, you know, hit us up. Um, and as we mentioned before, if you got specific questions, sometimes just going straight to the source is a little bit better sometimes. Um, but our first question today comes from at or comes from beerbot friend of the show um at go 20 seconder he asks um he starts off with a sweet gif on the tweet boys which uh, <laughs> i just threw that in there because i mean 
Yeah, hey, uh, uh, Charles Houdon out of Montreal. Is there any value in a 14-team league? He's got lots of shots and hits already. Just kind of wanted to include this one just because, you know, it's more like, is he a good uh, pickup in, in deep leagues, Charles Houdon? Speaking of guys with lots of shots and hits, Dustin Brown has, <laughs> <laughs> has both of those. No, uh, Freaking God. You, I actually, I like Houdon a lot. Um, I mean, in 14-team league, that's reaching, uh, you know, and maybe 16-team. Well, no, I, I think he's rosterable. Um, if it's a hits league, at, sure. at the At the yeah, one point. At the, at the outside of your roster, he has 26 shots in seven games, though. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a, a team that's, that's going to have to turn it around offensively. Um, and he's just also a guy that's put up really, really strong numbers at all levels. Uh, I think it's only, you know, I think it might be a little early uh, to pull the trigger on him right now. I would maybe wait to see him, you know, actually start mm-hmm. reducing. Um, but he definitely flag him. Uh, definitely yeah, keep an eye literally on Literally flag him. him. Press the flag button. Yeah. Press that marked button. But, like, I don't know. Like, he, he had 49 points in 56 AHL games last year. Uh, he has had, fi- had 50 points in the two AHL seasons prior to that. Was well over a point per game in pretty much every year in, in, in the queue. Uh, I think there is there is something. Score, score. There is something here, especially when, like, that team's not scoring. I mean, the Habs just have a lot of depth down the wing, um, so I think it's going to be tough for Hudon to kind of carve out a top six role at any point. But if it happens, I, I certainly think you know it'd be an interesting case, and uh, the Habs might have more than they know at this point in Hudon. But at, I, and while I do agree with what you just said, at the same time, we've already seen three, no, four different players play with Patrick and Drew A, and it's been like seven mm-hmm. games. Yeah, We've, seen there. We've seen Hemsky there. We've seen Gallagher there. We've right. seen Galchenyuk there. We've seen Lekin in there. <laughs> let's just let's give Hudo a shot. I don't know. Like this team seems to have no identity right now. Trade and... for Dustin Brown and right. put him right there. Yeah, there, there you go. He'll get four hundred oh, shots. See it happening, but um, I just I, think like, it's a little to early. Be at a consistent point where this guy is going to get 17, 18 minutes a night. I think that's what he would need to be kind of rosterable, and he's just not at that right now nor is there a, a hint or a scent that he might be at some point. Um, but definitely worth watching because, yeah, I think his underlying numbers are, are pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's averaging yeah. 14 and a half minutes a night right now, 26 shots. That's pretty good. I mean, if he does start see, seeing more ice, I think the one thing, too, is like he spent most of the year with guys that just aren't not that good at offense. So there's like, well, right. we just got to get this guy the puck and let him shoot it. So, right. um, But, no, I think it's still a little too early. I mean, 14 teams, deeper league, but not that deep yet. Sure. Okay. And our next question here um, comes from at Del Rosario underscore Ryan, who's um, also a friend of the show. Um, he's 10 team league. Goalie stats are win, save percentage of goals against and shutouts. And he says his goalies are Price, Lundquist, and Ranta. And he asks if he's doomed. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah. I, I, I think so I, I think that um, – those are on, on you know what speaking of buy lows uh price is for sure somebody to take a look at i can't believe none of us mentioned them um lundquist not a great start at all i'm not that concerned though i i, I think that price is still gonna finish the year uh towards you know the top five in goalies i think he's an easy number one i think lundquist finishes as an easy number two and just because rant is hurt i'm not that concerned yet uh obviously he hasn't won a game yet but 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I still think that's a solid one, two, three. I don't, I don't see any issues with it. Certainly not doomed, in my opinion. Whenever you have Carey Price, I'm not that worried. I mean, the yeah, Canadians exactly. look bad, it's but like, not that bad. A couple goalies that are on teams that are struggling. Um, Ranta, I mean, keep an eye on him. You might be able to swap him out for someone better, but your other two, you should be set. Yeah, I mean, you guys seem to be forgetting my bold prediction from a week ago. Where I, I was going to mention Price it, but like, it's just not even going to happen. Twenty goalie. It might. <laughs> my bold, my bold prediction should have been 300 and 300 for Dawson Brown. <laughs> Would have been an easy one. And uh, actually, our final it's question never here. Never had 300. <laughs> our final question is <laughs> it's not. Bold, it's, it's not. It's, oh, sorry. You guys go. <laughs> no, go ahead, dudes. No, I was gonna say our question. It's not really one that we we have the ability to answer, but it's it's funny because it's someone actually in one of our leagues who asked this question. Um, and it, it's from Abby Pinsirny, and he says, Hey, guys, um, Yahoo scoring made a mistake on the weekend, and I was given a loss. Dougie Hamilton, game-winning goal. Do you guys think that will switch, and what will happen? Because he still has the loss. Um, so I, I'm sure that a lot of people have dealt with this. Yahoo's kind of been a gong show this week. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but um, Brock, do you know anything about this? Yeah, uh, they do miss shit all the time. Uh, I noticed yeah. they missed a couple apples on one of my teams, and uh, actually in one of my leagues, I went from a loss uh, and then they added, an ass- I can't remember who they added an assist to. I think it was Sam Reinhardt got a game winner on Sunday. Something happened. Yeah. Well. Something happened, and I went from a loss on Monday to a tie on Tuesday. So uh, it'll, def- <laughs> it'll definitely change. It should change. Well, I don't know. Definitely, if they catch it, it'll probably change. Like I've seen Yahoo do stack corrections pretty far after the fact, but I would be like tweeting at them or concerned. emailing yeah. them, like whatever, like to make sure they know because I pretty sure dougie did score right but they misattributed the game winner in that game yeah yeah he scored and they gave him the game winner on yahoo but he didn't actually get the game winner yeah right 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 right. yeah no like um i yeah like like brock was saying i have seen on yahoo both hockey and football where stack directions will be applied like two or three days after the fact and it will go back and retroactively actually change uh the result of the week if it does uh reflect it or affect it to that point um, but yeah, I've also seen it where they just don't fix their mistakes. Yeah, and probably so you might be screwed. Catch it. So, Sorry, but yeah, I would, I would just make some noise. Make some noise. You know, send yeah. some tweets. Send your fifth send and seventh emails. and eighth tweet all to Yahoo. Yeah, because I think like. if they if if they realize their mistake, they usually correct them. Like like I said, I've seen them do stack corrections like four or five days later, and it's like, wow, that's embarrassing. You probably should have just not corrected it. At that point. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, but I'm gonna just interrupt you guys and say this has been season three, episode number seven of the Daily Faceoff podcast. My laptop's about to die, so I gotta hit the save button. I'm Brock Segan. With me as always, we got Michael Beams, Bonnie, Dylan D. Birth you. I hope that it saves by the time I hit the escape button. Uh, I hope you guys had fun listening to the show, and we'll see you guys back here next week. Go to dailyfaceoff.com, sign up for all of our premium features. Enjoy, enjoy, have fun, and win some money. Goodbye. Peace.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 